Hey everybody, welcome to You Were Born for this podcast with Father John Ricardo, Mary Guilfoyle. We're a couple of missionaries at Acts 29. This is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. Happy Monday, Mary. Happy Monday to you too, Father John, and happy summertime. Oh, it's summertime, and trust me, if you don't live in Michigan, we wait a long time for these seemingly short weeks, which well, you know Michigan's a spectacular state. We don't We don't suffer so many of the things that many of the parts of the country are suffering right, right now. We just endure, like, January through May, which sun tends deprivation. to get rather gray. Yeah. yeah. So, so the sun is out. Yeah, the sun is out. And it's, it's warm, hot and, and it's humid. It. Yeah. Amen. And I'm excited mm-hmm. as I'll get out for uh, the conversation that we're going to have this morning. So what, what's our topic? I love our conversation today, Father John. Our topic is recovery. Ooh, recovery. We'll break that open in a second. Let's pray first and, and then we can get to work. Sounds Although right. that's pretty antithetical to, to the what topic. we're going to talk about. <laughs> All right. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Uh, gracious Father, we just thank you for the day. We ch- thank you for the chance uh, just to breathe right now. Lord, you're mindful of everything that's going on in our lives, in the lives of everybody who's listening. So I pray that your spirit would be like a cool, refreshing breeze on their face and on ours. Remind us again and again that you care for us, hold us in your hands, provide for us all that we need. Lord, help us just to breathe right now and to continue to teach us how it is that you have created us to live. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Hey, before we uh, dive into this, I know you've got three announcements that you want to make. We do. So um, first one is just to re-remind our friends who are listening that our team is going to be in Toledo, Ohio, running a rescue project equipping training day. And so if you're thinking about running rescue, maybe late in the summer, because I know some of y'all are, because I've connected with you or you're looking to get your team equipped to to run it in the fall, we just want to invite you to come and join us. And then um, we have the live rescue in Atlanta, Georgia, coming up in, in September 9th. Which is kind of like a live revival. It's a live, it? you know... You know, so we're in the in the season of the Eucharistic revival, so I think we're somewhat hesitant to use that that word, but that's precisely what it is. So it's uh, you, Father John, preaching the Rescue Project live with Eucharistic adoration, um, praise, worship, fun, fellowship, food. Dunk tank with great, not a probably not a dunk tank. Although it might feel that pretty might good, be kind to, of fun. might feel pretty good down in there in Hot Atlanta. So if you want to register for either one of those two exciting opportunities to be with us, we'd love to have y'all go to our website, which is acts29.org. That's A-C-T-S-X-X-I-X.org. And on the very front page, homepage at the very top, you'll see a banner that says Upcoming Rescue Events. Click on those to learn more and to join us if you're free. And then the last announcement is, um, we have a big announcement coming up. It was going to be July 17th. It's now July 5th. By popular demand, yeah. we've moved, we've moved up it up. The, the Holy Spirit has moved it up. So, Stay and, tuned for and that. more importantly, we want y'all to join us, but always pray for all these opportunities that we in Acts 29 have yeah, uh, to proclaim the gospel and equip people to do that too. Great. Yeah. Thank you. You bet. Okay. Right, recovery. Um, 
Yeah, recovery. So yeah. let me just say something about the, the word first. So, because we could understand it in so many terms, we mean it most profoundly by just this, uh, I would say, almost desperate need for certainly myself, and I would argue for many of us, just to recover what it means to be human. And, know, and honestly, like <laughs> the reason why this topic's, I don't know if this is going to relate to anybody else. It's probably just, just you. It's probably just me. But just talking about it, I find to be almost therapeutic because honestly, I'm fried. You know, Father and, Johnny. And I look at our calendar yeah. between now and Thanksgiving, and it's a whirlwind. And so we got a little bit of a break coming up, and I'm looking forward to just having somewhat of a lengthy opportunity to breathe. You know, we talk, Father John, often in our ministry um, amongst ourselves and those that we get a chance to minister with and to, that if certainly there's a lot of crises right now in the culture and the church world and whatnot, but we often refer to it as a crisis of humanity. We've forgotten what it means to be human. Mm. And, you know, whether you're passionate about your, your, your family, or you're passionate about education or law or business, we're certainly passionate about ministry and the gospel. It's so easy to go full tilt and get out of balance. And so you, you mentioned our calendar, you know, it's a, it's a little tight, but I think Jesus has something to teach us mm -hmm. about how we can even navigate the busyness of our calendar that's coming up in the fall yep. in a particular way. So eager Absolutely. to break this open with so, you and So let me friends. start with uh, just pointing people to a, a favorite text of mine, which was one of the favorite texts of Pope John Paul the Great, and uh, probably because he wrote it. But it's in the documents of Vatican II. It's in the, um, uh, the document on the relationship between the church and the modern world, which is known by its Latin title, Gaudium et Spes. And it's paragraph 22. And it's a little lengthy, so stick with me for a second, then we'll bust it open. So the, I'll give you the synopsis of it really quick. Jesus doesn't just teach me who God is. He teaches me who I am. In other words, he teaches me what it means to be a man, a human person. And if I don't know him, I don't, I don't not only know God, figure out all those negatives, I don't know what it means to be a man. And so this is how it actually says it in the uh, document. The truth is that only in the mystery of the incarnate word does the mystery of man take on light or become clear. In other words, we, we, we can't see what it means to be human if we don't know Jesus. Can't stress that enough. We can get glimpses, but we can't see all of what it means to be human. It goes on to say, Christ, the final Adam, by the revelation of the mystery of the Father and his love, fully reveals man to himself and makes his supreme calling clear. It's not surprising then that in him, he who is the image of the invisible God is himself the perfect man. To the sons of Adam, he restores the divine likeness which had been disfigured from the first sin onward. Since human nature, as he assumed it, was not annulled by that very fact, it has been raised up to a divine dignity in our respect too. For by his incarnation, the Son of God has united himself in some fashion with every man. He worked with human hands, he thought with a human mind, acted by human choice, and loved with a human heart. Now, let me, let me try to put 
some experiential flesh on that real quick. I can remember as if it happened this morning, an experience I had when I was a, a somewhat recent priest. I'd probably been ordained five, six years. I can remember where I was at the time. It was about midnight. I was in my office. The lights were off. My computer was on. I'm answering emails or doing something. And I remember just being so frustrated simply over the fact that I'm still awake and I felt like I had so much to do. And I remember just looking up and saying out loud, Jesus, I don't know what it means to be human. Like, would you just teach me how to be a man? Because I don't think this is how I'm supposed to be living my life. I remember a, when I was brand new uh, as a priest, my mentor, most, most newly ordained priests are assigned a mentor. And he looked at me one time and he says, you know, John, there's three parts of the day. Morning, afternoon, and evening. Mm-hmm. You can't work all three. And, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but I was doing just that. I was working all three and everything in between. And I love do I love being a priest. I love doing what I do. But six years later, it was like, I remembered that line to me and I'm like, Oh, this is what he meant. And so I just started to pray. And almost immediately I got two images. So I'm sitting there and, and these images have never left me. They only get stronger actually. And here's, so the first image is this. I see, it's like the spirit let me see Jesus asleep in a corner on this stone bed in wherever he is in Galilee. And I felt like the spirit starts to have a conversation with me. And the spirit says something like, you know, John, that's the savior of the world. And he's asleep soundly, by the way. And you're not saving anybody. <laughs> you're, you're not a savior of anyone. And you're <laughs> up. What? Do you see something wrong with this, you know, Some uh, sense picture? of disorder. And, and then the second thing was, um, I see Jesus at Lazarus's house with Martha and Mary. So Jesus, you know, these are his friends, right? I mean, they say to Jesus when Lazarus is sick, the one you love is ill. So Jesus has one of the many things he's teaching us is friendship. And I always think about how significant it is that God becomes a man at a time in a culture where it takes like three hours to eat a meal. Like that's pretty significant. He's trying to teach us how to eat, among other things. And the spirit lets me see the Lord sitting at Lazarus's table. They're all sitting around eating and he's got a cup of wine in his hand. And he puts the wine to his lips. We know Jesus drinks. He, he acknowledges it, right? Because he says, you guys call me a drunkard and a glutton. He's neither, but he drinks. And he puts the cup to his lips and he closes his eyes and he just has this like really delighted expression on his face. Mm. And he just looks at Lazarus as he smiles and says, oh, that's really great wine. And then he hands the cup back to him. He says, can I have another glass? Mm. I, I, I have felt continually refreshed by those two images. You know, even as you're, even as you're just breaking those two images opening, uh, open father, I'm, it makes me desirous of that. It makes me, it makes me to want that. It makes me to want to carve out time to have an extended time of um, rest and play. What, what, what he's showing us, he's showing us that he's savoring the rhythm of life and when you said he was sleeping soundly, I'm thinking, it takes me a while to shut off my mind, even when I, even when I 
go down. Oh, yeah. To like to shut everything off. And so he's handed over his thoughts, his heart, his human emotions, um, that which he did that day to reveal the Father, entrusting what he's going to do for the Father tomorrow. Like in that moment, talk about being totally present to the moment. Yeah. Right? So, so really savoring life. And so you had been to like, like you're not saving anyone. Like, like Jesus is obviously working through all of us, but this is the savior of the world, the creator of all that is, and he's sleeping, which makes me uh, ask you a question. Uh, a set of years ago now, um, I don't know where I read it, or maybe you told me, which Holy Father said uh, that he went to bed one night? I'm going to miss, I'm going to probably misinterpret this, but um, I'm going to bed. It's your church. Lord, yes. I'm tired. I'm John, going to bed. St. John the 23rd, he says, Lord, I've tried hard, done my best. It's your church. It's your church. I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. It's a great way to so end this the is, day. So this is the Holy Father. And, and and even as you know, you know, we contemplate here in Acts 29, all the mission travels that we have coming up. Um, before the end of the year, I'm thinking about uh, St. John Paul the Great's travels. He traveled all over the globe. And yet we know he had lengthy meals with the people that he loved. We know that he spent mm. extended time in prayer and he had a massive mission territory. Yeah. Just, just, it just kind of causes you to look at your own life and go, who do I think that I am? That I've got to be, I've got to be approaching everything in life as if it's urgent. Not only am I not saving anybody, like, sometimes I feel like the Lord said, oh man, after what you just did, I got to go do some damage control after what you just did there. So Yeah, and, and so the whole point of like even having this conversation, right, is that we're pressing into summer. Yeah. And for many of us, God's going to create time, carve out time for us to kind of push that recovery button and to get some things back in balance. Yeah. Unless, of course, you're living in Australia listening to us because we know we got some good friends in Australia, in which place you're on your way into winter. So sorry about that, but... Um, we're praying for you too. You know what? You know, here's another thing that comes to mind. We're talking about John Paul and he had so much to teach us about this, but I'm trying to find the citation of this and I can't, but I will. And I never forgot it or I've never forgotten it since I first came across it. He says, you know, the root of the culture of death. So he used to, used to talk about that all the time, the culture of death mm-hmm. versus the culture of life. Right. And he says, the root of the culture of death is, is so just think about that for a moment and try to fill in the blank everybody give yourself like five seconds the root of the culture of death is time's up he said it's an inordinate preoccupation with efficiency Inordinate is the key word there yeah right? so not I mean being efficient is really important right but in inordinate preoccupation with it. And, you know, I know this is just soaked deeply into my patterns of thought. You know, if I'm not doing something, if I'm not being productive, if I'm not being useful, then I'm wasting time. You know, even just hearing you talk about that, the word that comes to my mind, Father John, is integration. And I think when we have, when I have an inordinate attachment to efficiency, to, you know, flipping things upside down and seeing everything as urgent. What I'm experiencing in my heart, mind, body, and soul is a disintegrated life. Yeah. 
And, and back to your point, you know, about the scriptures teach us how Jesus showed us what it meant to be human. He had the perfect integrated life. Everything was in balance. Right. So I appreciate, so, so I would have never guessed that, that's that, what the that, that was yep. the root of a culture of death. But yep. as you play that out to its natural end, you can so totally see that. Yep. So, right? so, so Jesus is teaching us, you know, about the importance of recharging, resting, leisure, and, and I would say playing. You know, I, I don't think we contemplate enough uh, the simple truth of how God plays, but God plays. Tell me, t- t- share, share more with us. What do you mean by Jesus's playing? What does it look like? So I think so many of us have this image of God that he's very stern and he's very sober and he's, he's kind of harsh and he never smiles. It, there's a line at the end of G.K. Chesterton's Orthodoxy where he talks about how, you know, the Lord, the Lord never hesitates to reveal all these different emotions to people. You know, he, he doesn't hide that, his anger, um, his sadness. But he goes on to say, but there's one thing that the Lord never shows, although Chesterton's wrong, he shows it once. And he says what he never shows is his mirth, mm. his joy. And so, you know, in me, in, in my mind, the way I understand that is, can you just imagine the Lord walking the hills of Galilee at night, all alone, looking out at his creation, talking with the Father, saying, Father, Look what we have made. And just his delight in creation, you know, in the animals, in the stars, but especially in us. Like the Lord, the Lord takes, it, Psalm 149, it's one of my favorite lines, the Lord takes delight in his people. I think most of us read that as something like, the Lord puts up with me. No, no, no. The Lord doesn't put up with me. The Lord takes delight in me. I, I find that hard to believe, quite frankly, because mm-hmm. I'm such a mess most of the time. But the Lord delights in me. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like he's looking at inanimate creation that brings him joy. What most brings him joy, he finds his delight in the sons of men is one of the ways the, the Old Testament puts it as well. And it, that's just worth, even now, just like some of us need to hear that. Like the Lord delights in you. And and if we don't know that, ask him to to let him... To, to let you see him looking at you right now. Lord, tell me that you delight in me. Mm. Tell me how special I am to you. And you just know what, when he says that, when that's his, the experience of his heart, he, de- he does that with a smile. Yeah. So just like, you know, I would imagine the Lord delights in pandas and delights in lions and tigers and bears. I mean, as, as he delights oh in that creation. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a line familiar uh, to those of us who live in Kansas, um, there, there's a delight, there's a smile on his face, there's a playfulness, there's a there's a, a a depth of love and a depth of joy and a depth of peace that is antithetical to a balanced and imbalanced life. Yeah. Or if we're always in a rush, we're always in a hurry. I don't know that we that we can deeply experience the depth of those emotions. Yep that help us recalibrate that frantic interiority that we have. And Jesus is, you know, you just mentioned being in a hurry. Jesus is never in a hurry. No. Like Jesus is never in a hurry. I remember being in Jerusalem with a a priest friend of mine one time, and it was hotter than Hades. We were walking up from Lazarus's tomb up the, 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 
east side of the Mount of Olives, and you can't do that anymore because there's a wall there now. But and um, oh, we were we were like pushing it to like get over there, and it was we're just dripping sweat, and and I could see the Lord as as we're doing this because I was exhausted, mm-hmm. and I could see the Lord and the disciples climbing up the same hill. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, it's just the disciples, and Jesus isn't with them anymore. And then they turn around, and it's like, Lord, where where are you? And he's just sitting under a tree, and they walk back, and they're like, what are are you doing? And he says, I was just tired. It's hot. I thought I'd sit here for a minute. (laughs) I'm like, oh, you mean we have permission to do those things? And I don't think we feel that. No, we don't. So let's talk about some things that we can do to put this this whole idea of asking Jesus to teach us how to be human into effect, you know, and I'll kick us off just cause I'll start in the mind. I know you got some things that are maybe imminently more practical, but I would just encourage all of us, first of all, just let this truth sink into our minds. Namely, I am not valuable because of anything that I do or because of how active I am, or how much I produce. It might just encourage us to ask the Holy Spirit to show us where that lie of productivity or an inordinate preoccupation with efficiency has taken hold mm. in us, and then just to come against it in the, name of, uh, in the name of Jesus. I'm not a human doing, right? I'm a human being. And maybe, you know, just following quickly from that, ask the Lord for a glimpse into how he lived. Just ask the Holy Spirit, let me see him in my mind, in my imagination, Mm -hmm. take me into various scenes and just let me see Jesus play and rest and laugh and enjoy his friends and be in their company and sleep soundly. You know, I was thinking earlier before we, as we were praying about and talking about what we were going to share today in our conversation, I think it's, only in rest it's only when we slow down um that we get to see god Mm -hmm. and i had this thought as my phone was next to me you know i was working from home i my phone was right here and my scriptures are right here and i thought if i picked up my scriptures as often as i picked up any other device i could see how god lived when he came and was among us Mm. In the person of his son, Jesus. I could see that. Yeah. So it, it requires a slowing down and, and to your point, like a, a, re, a, a refining and a reordering of the mind. But that's, I think that's very, very practical. Like, show me how you did it. And I want to be able, by, by your grace, to imitate that. To sound like you, look like you, live like you, eat like you, breathe like you, pray like you. Yeah, play like you. Play like you, right? Yeah. yeah. You were talking earlier about how, how much we long for these days in the in the state of Michigan. And and I know you've got a way to talk about this too. So, you know, some people go on vacation in these days. Some people can't, you know, for lots of reasons can't go on vacation. But you got a word here. I mean, I think you just want to share with people like how to do that even I think if you can't get away. I, I think it's kind of in the lexicon right now. I mean, I I think many of us are familiar with the term staycation. Because for well, COVID introduced us to that, didn't it? I don't know that that was a vacation, but but there's something about you know when you go away, there's a lot of ways to engage in recreation, which is recreation, letting mm-hmm. God recreate us. And some for some of us, you know, we we try to go somewhere, you know, whether it's 
to the mountains, the Montana, whether it's either coast to be by God's beauty in the ocean or the desert, if you like the desert. But so if you can get away and waste some time with your family and your friends and primarily with the Lord to let him recreate you, that's great. But if you can't, you know, you can enjoy this staycation and that's, this is like vacationing at home or close by and you can do that by, you know, I, I think about the times that people come to Michigan to visit and you say, hey, while you're here, you've got to go see this site and this site and this site and you should do X, Y, and Z. But how many times do we actually do that ourselves mm-hmm. to go visit those places that we would invite someone else who's coming to Michigan? Mm-hmm. How, might, how, how often do we actually do that? So maybe it's just seeing some of the local sites in your own area or it's taking walks or I think I mentioned it too, Father John, just you know how the Lord knew how to be present to the moment, you know, just to really not get, not, not to live in the past, not to live in yesterday, not to live in tomorrow, but to live within the time that he's given us. And if we're really honest, Sunday is supposed to be this, but tragically, tragically, it's not. It's a day that starts our week, that starts with rest. And it has, it's become a day for many of us where we just continue to do yeah, what it is we normally for, do. I mean, just think quickly, how do you see Sunday? Is it the end of the weekend or is it the beginning of the week? And I've always found the catechism's uh, description of Sunday. Sunday is a day of protest against the servitude I of love work. That. It's an awesome, awesome quote. I want to go back to something you just said. It was kind of like a little throwaway line. You know, you're talking about you go to all these beautiful places wherever you live, or you can take a walk. It's like, whoa, where'd that come from? That is an amazing thing, actually, just to linger with that for a moment. Each and every day, like, wouldn't it be something if you just took a casual stroll? You see a lot of people walking to, you know, stay in shape, burn off lunch. But just to go for something like a 15-minute walk where the goal is actually not to get your heart rate up. It's to slow it down. Absolutely. It's almost like, Lord, I'm just going to take a pause right now in the middle of all that's going on. I'm going to hand it to you. And by going for a walk and asking you to calm my heart down, it's going to be a way for me to remind myself that you pour gifts on your beloved while, while we they sleep. slumber. Yeah. And so I, I, I can't be passive to be sure, but I need to remind myself you're the one who causes anything to happen. Right. I, I love that. I do too. And, and you know, Father John, I'm thinking about the times when I take walks and sometimes I'm listening to worship music or sometimes I'm listening to all the podcasts, trying to get in those podcast episodes that, that I love. And and to the degree that that refreshes us and restores us, absolutely, what you want to lean into that. But it's worth, and I'm talking to myself right now, it's worth me not putting in my AirPods. Oh, when I go so for a walk to just to listen to the birds or to smell the grass or to have a conversation with, you know, those folks who live five, six blocks down and just go, hey, you know, and, you know, how are you doing? You know, you know, j- just those kinds of things. And so those are a few things um, I, I think that practically we can do it. if we're staying around our own neck of the woods and we're not getting on a plane uh, going somewhere. But I. I have something else uh, that I want to share, and this really flows from my prayer, Father John, from last week. I was sitting before the Blessed Sacrament here in our offices, and I had all manner of things on my mind. And I just had a sense that the Lord, so it was actually, you, you often say this, when you 
pray now you see the Jonathan Rumi Jesus mm. from The Chosen. And I actually saw Jesus sitting um, at the table that he's sitting with. And I forget which episode it is. It's season one, I think. But it's Jesus's encounter with Nicodemus. Oh, yeah, up on the roof. Invites him to the rooftop and they just have a conversation. Yeah. And so... Nico is not there. I'm now sitting there with Jesus. And the Lord has my hands. He, oh, and I put my hands in his and he says, what would you like to hand over to me? Hmm. I said, oh my gosh. Lord, thank you, so, you know, thank you so much for asking. And I sat with him. And little by little, I started to hand over things to him that he didn't want me to carry myself. And so I kind of went through those things in my mind that I had brought to my holy hour. And in thinking about like this conversation, I'm wondering if maybe it's worth asking him in our prayer to reveal to us what symptoms do you see Jesus in my life that are signposts that I need to press into recovery, mm. that I need to lean into summer, that I need to rest just a little bit more deeply in you? And, and I was praying with this. I can tell you what, you could probably tell me this just by working as closely with me as you do or my family. Like, like so Lord, like, where am I growing? Where are those symptoms that I'm growing ready for a reset? Like, show me where I'm growing irritable or short-tempered. Where am I lacking in kindness with my family and my friends where otherwise I would not be? Mm. You know, show me where I'm growing hypersensitive, not just sensitive, but hypersensitive. Lord, Lord, show me those symptoms in my life that, are starting to come out like I'm looking, like my life is starting to look a little bit imbalanced, imbalanced in my prayer um, or whatever your spiritual disciplines might be or mine or where am I not getting enough sleep or exercise? And to your point earlier, Father John, play. Where am I pressing into working when I the Lord's inviting me to read? Where am I even like going full tilt into Work, no matter what your work is, whether it's teaching, law, business, coaching, whatever it is, where am I pressing into ministry? Because I think sometimes at least I can get sucked into something called the tyranny of the urgent. Mm. And I'm trying to do all things and I'm not doing them in an ordered way. And I think if we let the Lord speak into that in a very particular way, what he says to us is going to be very, very unique to us. And then those are the things that you ask the Lord to bring healing to and recovery to as we press into summer, mm-hmm. whether it's a staycation, a vacation, a retreat, or wherever. And I know we've talked about this, you know, before when we've had conversations, but sometimes, not sometimes, we have 
even just sitting here, we've got one, two, three, four devices sitting here in front of us. Like maybe just asking the Lord where he wants us to detox a little bit, just even from some of those things this summer. Yeah. And press into people, press into books, yeah. press those, into quiet. Those are all awesome ideas. And uh, I'm sure a few of us are taking some notes and going, ooh, convicted, convicted, convicted. I was thinking you said if I picked up my scriptures as often as I pick up my phone, that would mean you would pick up your scriptures hundreds of times a day because people pick up their phone hundreds of times a day. It's really kind of a jarring statistic. You know, you mentioned a book. Um, I'll, I'll offer one and then maybe mm. we, can, we can bring this okay. to a, a close. Otherwise, we're not going to give people a chance to rest. There's a, <laughs> there's a book with an incredible title called The Unseriousness of Human Affairs by a guy named uh, Father James Shaw, S-C-H-A-L-L. Um, he's I think Shaw's passed away now. He's a Jesuit, just a tremendous author. But uh, the subtitle is something like singing, dancing, playing, praying. It, it's just this long litany of, of, of things that we, uh, that we can do to help us relax. And I think it's, um, it's described in one of the, um, you know, the blurbs for the book. It's Shaw shows us why singing, dancing, playing, contemplating, and other quote-unquote useless human activities are not merely forms of escape, but they're also indications of the freedom in and for which men and women were created. <coughs> the joy that accompanies leisure, festivity, conviviality, he demonstrates, gives us a glimpse of the eternal this is a book which is truly countercultural. If you're looking for some surprisingly entertaining reading, um, I might encourage you to pick up Shaw's The Unseriousness of Human Affairs and just ask the Lord as you're doing it, Lord, teach me, I beg you, how to be a man or John, how to be a woman. Can you imagine how contagious that kind of a life, that countercultural way of living would be? If we really embraced living like that, balanced lives, and you go, oh my gosh, like have you seen so-and-so? Like, like, like Carol just lives this really simple, beautiful, slow-paced approach to life, has room for everything, and she doesn't have a frenetic pace about her. You just couldn't help but say, yeah, you know, you know, I, I want that. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know uh, about you, but... Oftentimes, you know, if you're walking with someone, you know, in the Lord, and they'll say, hey, how's your walk with the Lord? And if I'm really honest, I say, I, I think I'm running after the Lord. Like, like, I'm running. I don't think the Lord wants us to run. I think he wants us to walk. I think yeah. he wants us to slow down. Maybe there's seasons when we run, but boy, you can't run all the time. Well, I think, too, right. even when we run, we can run with his heart and his mind. and. Yeah. And have him adjust the pace just a little bit. Yep. Yeah. This is great. I love this. This is a rich conversation. And I pray that, uh, that the Holy Spirit speak into each of you with something practical that we can do in these uh, days, which the Lord has blessed us to live in. So let's just pray as we end, shall we, again? And Beautiful. give the Lord the, the grace. So in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, we just ask right now that whatever it is that... Uh, has been encouraging or convicting or something that we've heard that we want to go back to and linger with or contemplate, that you would call that to mind. And we just ask that you continue to help us to see Jesus ever more fully as he really is. 
and to understand that he doesn't just reveal the Father to us. He reveals us to ourselves. And so, Lord, we ask you to teach us how to authentically and genuinely live human life. For most of us are desperately in need of that help. And we ask all of this in your most powerful name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. In the meantime, do not be afraid because God is with you and you were born for this.